0: Thank you for coming today. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be reading from Romans chapter 1. Last week, we started on a very, very important subject. We were looking at the Tower of Babel, and uh, we read from Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9, and and, uh, we talked about God's plan and how that uh, God created all things, of course, Uh, We talked about how that Satan fell and was cast out of heaven because of pride. Three words we looked at, and we'll continue those three words today. Uh, First of all, pride. We dealt with that extensively last Sunday morning. And uh, then the next word is rebellion. And then the third word is confusion. Satan was thrown out of heaven. We talked about how that uh, between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, there were Uh, certain things that went on. God created the heavens and the earth. And then verse two of Genesis one, and the earth was without form and void. No way that I believe that God created darkness and without form and a world that was void and empty. So we believe something happened between verse one and verse two. Many scholars believe that. And it's when Satan was thrown out of heaven here in this atmosphere here on the earth. And that's when the chaotic things happened to the earth. And God had to restore the earth. It was because of pride, it was because of rebellion. And then, of course, the wickedness of man. God has a plan. God had a plan. I want to say something about God's plan. God's plan will be accomplished if not with man's obedience. Then, in spite of man's disobedience. Can I say that again? because I, I just believe that and and it's good to, it's applicable for us today in this culture in which we live, God's plan will be accomplished, if not with man's obedience, then in spite of man's disobedience. And so we went took uh, the pride of uh, because of his pride of Satan, he was thrown out of heaven. And and then uh, we looked at the pride of man, how God created Adam and Eve. And because of pride, they uh, disobeyed God and were kicked out of Eden. Uh, just a wonderful place. And, uh, and then we find that man became more wicked and more wicked. And God sent the flood, spared Noah and his family. After that, God told Noah and his family and... Uh, this posterity to multiply and replenish the earth, uh, that did not happen. And then in chapter 11 of Genesis, we find that Nimrod, the king Nimrod, and his followers and the people that were on the earth at that time decided that they were going to build a city, they were going to build a tower that would reach into heaven. You're talking about pride. You're talking about rebellion and disobeying God. So God came down, saw what was happening, knew that they would build it, and so he brought confusion to all those people. They did not understand each other, could not communicate, and so he scattered, the Bible says, that God scattered them over the face of the earth. So these are the three words, pride, and we see that today, prominent, rebellion, wow, we're in a state of rebellion, rebellion, whether it's this country or whether it's other countries, but especially here in America, in our culture today, we can see on every hand man is in a state Of rebellion. If you do not have an outline of the sermon, please raise your hand. Brother Steve will make sure you get one. Keep that because we'll be looking at that. Use it during the week to study. Rebellion against authority is common in our culture. Rebellion is the defiance or disobedience against authority. The spirit of rebellion is born out of envy and it is certainly born out of strife rebellion always brings begins rather in the heart it is against god's authority and it certainly was humanity's first sin genesis 3 and continues to be our downfall today. If if, 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 if if we want to look at something that is our downfall, let's notice this word, understand this word, and understand how we can overcome this spirit of rebellion. Most of you know our vision statement here at Bethel is transforming lives through Christ. Changing. And that's why we come. We come... To worship God, to sing the songs, to understand the programs of what God is doing, not only here at Bethel, but what God is doing around the world through missions and things that are happening, transforming lives, lives, young men, young women, moms and dads, senior citizens. God wants to transform lives, not just change, but change people. And the only way that can happen is through Christ. We can change because of extrinsic thing or, uh, uh, or things on the outside or things on the inside. Intrinsically, we can change. And the only way we can change, really change, no matter what was happening in our, in our lives is through and by none other, certainly, than Jesus Christ. Our sinful natures do not want to bow to authority or to bow to the authority of another, even God. We want to be our own bosses. And that rebellion in the human heart is the root, listen to this, the root of all sin. And we find that from Romans, certainly chapter 3. Examples of rebellion in the Bible. And there's just a few that I have listed here, but there are many examples. You have King Saul, that directly disobeyed God and did not obey God when it come when it came to God's commandments and then Korah which rebelled against Moses the earth opened up because of his rebellion against God's man and swallowed him up great story Absalom rebelled against his own father and rose up to drive him from the kingdom and Israel's history is a cycle of rebellion but not only rebellion, but restoration. And keep in mind that I want to be able to bring this to a point, whether it's pride, whether it's rebellion, whether it's confusion, I want to bring this to a point that God always has good things. And I'll follow that with good things. I thought about this chapter 11 of of Genesis and how that uh, man rebelled against God, his pride, and God scattered them. And then the next chapter goes right into a man and speaks of a man, Abram, which came, he became Abraham. And what a promise that he gave to Abraham. So God always follows with good, good things, great things, rebellion. There is no way that you can read Romans chapter 1 and not know that this chapter is filled with the description of mankind Man's pride, man's rebellion, and man's confusion. And if you allow me, I want to read, beginning with verse 18 of chapter 1 of the book of Romans. Paul writes to the Romans, and he points out, beginning with the 18th verse, God's wrath on unrighteousness. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven, against all ungodliness. And if you read with me, keep in mind that this is a downward spiral. It's just like you would go to the corner store and pick up the Durham Herald. It's like you would turn on your television and ABC News would tell them about what's happening. This is what's happening in our society Today. It is so revealing to our culture today as we read from this 18th verse. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. That means that that they push away the truth. Turn on your television. Read your print today and see if you can find out what truth is. Man doesn't know what truth is anymore because truth is whatever man wants it to be. And so he takes and he pushes truth away. Verse 19, because what may be known of God is manifest in him. It says in the NIV there, it's plain to see. No matter how we want to reject God, no matter how much we want to say that God does not exist, no matter how much we say today that God is not going to play any kind of role in our, in our, in our lives, God, God Almighty, the real true God, is playing to see, according to Romans and according to Paul. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without... What? Excuse. You say, well, they don't go to church. They don't hear God's word preached. They are... The Bible says, and I... I don't want to believe what it says. Verse 21 says, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify God. They did not worship God as God, nor were thankful, became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Profession to be wise, they became what? Fools? What God says, and change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four footed animals and creeping things. It says, instead of worshiping God, the glorious ever living God, this is what the translation says they worship idols made to look like mere people and animals. Are we there? Verse 24, therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness or sinful desires in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who ex- exchange the truth of God or the truth about God for the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So we worship things. We worship materials. We worship cars, automobiles, houses, jobs. We worship everything else but God, pleasure. This is what he's talking about. Verse 26, for this reason God gave them up to vile passions, shameful lusts. One translation says, for even their women exchanged a natural use for what is against nature, the women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. Are we there? Likewise also, the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committed what is shameful and receiving in themselves a penalty of their error which was due. It's like reading the newspaper. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased or depraved mind to do those things which are not fitting. One translation says to do what they ought not to do. And that's that's good. It's simple. They are doing what they ought not to do. Being filled with all unrighteousness and sexual immorality. I could go on. Look at your notes, if you will. Look, look at what it says for us today. First of all, man is made aware of God. Now, I know we don't like to say that and we don't like to hear that, but man is made aware of God. I said, well, they go, well, preacher, so many don't go to church today. They don't read their Bibles. They don't hear ministers preaching, although it's on television and radio and in many churches almost on every every corner. They they don't know it. So 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 they have an excuse. Man is made aware of God. And I just read that in in, in verses 19 and 20. They are without excuse. Now, let me show you some ways that man is made aware of God. First of all, by creation, Psalms 19, 1 through through 3. uh, This is what they call the perfect revelation. The heavens declare the glory of God. I love this. And the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Man's without excuse. I love what this says. Paul Powell writes this way He says, God's message in nature goes out every day, every night, in every language, in every land. It's here. The heavens declare the glory of God. You can't walk out in the daytime, I mean I mean the nighttime and see the stars. And no, not somebody had to make that. If you have a watch on your arm, look at it. You think it made itself? You think you could just take all those parts and that watch, lay it up on us somewhere, and let it just lay there until it all comes together as a watch. You think of the body, the human body, which is amazing. And that just made itself, that just evolved into what it is. You have to be, I'm not going to use the word that starts with an S because that's not political right, but you have to be pretty naive not to know that the body can't make itself. The heavens declare the glory of God. We can know God by creation. We can know God through his word. In that same 19th verse, I love this. Read it with me. I love it. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoice in the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. We can know God through creation, we can know God through His Word. It says that His Word converts, His Word makes wise, His Word rejoices the heart, and His Word is filled with revelation. It enlightens, it reveals. You know the reason the devil don't want you to read the word during the week? You know the reason the devil don't want you to go to church on Sunday morning and hear the teaching in the school of the Bible classes and hear the preaching behind the pulpit? Because God's word will enlighten you, set you free, make you the person you ought to be. We have the revelation, of course, through creation. We have the revelation, of course, through His Word. And then our conscience. Look at Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. For when Gentiles who do not have the law, by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and between themselves their thoughts accusing or excusing them. Powerful two verses. Every man, every woman is given a conscience. Amen? And it will convict you if it's not been seared. If it's not been stepped on too many times. If it's not been disobeyed too many times. Every person has a conscience. And that conscience says that's wrong. No matter if it's the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Thou, no matter what it is. That conscience is saying you shouldn't take another person's life. You should not do that. So we are made aware through creation. We are made aware through God's word. We are made aware by that simple, small voice inside that says you shouldn't steal that. You shouldn't say that. You shouldn't do that. And then number four, we are made aware of God through and by Jesus Christ, His Son. I said earlier that was the perfect revelation. Hebrews tells us the supreme revelation of Jesus Christ. Verses 1 and 2 of chapter 1 of Hebrews, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days, speaking of this day, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. So I want to say amen. amen. Who has appointed, whom he has appointed heir of all things, though whom also he made this, or through whom also he made this world. He's speaking to us through Jesus. He was born by a virgin. He lived for 30 years a perfect life without sin, performing miracles, walking on water, speaking powerful words of teaching and preaching. He was crucified and he died. And he rose again. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and I and he's alive. You say, how, how, how how do you know he's alive? I sit on that bench this morning on the front row and I talked to him and he spoke to me. That's a wow. He's alive. You say, you can't see him. I can't see electricity, but these lights are burning and I know it's here. Just because you can't see him doesn't mean he's not alive. God speaks to us through creation. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through that still small voice, our conscience. And then none other than the God of heaven came to this earth and lived and died and went back. He is alive and we know it through Jesus Christ. That kind of excites me. So, when those people out there, listen, they need to hear us testify and witness and tell them our story. But somewhere along the way, somehow, some way, God Almighty, I said, I said a while ago, God has a plan. He'll either, cont- He'll either uh, uh, carry out that plan with your and my obedience or in spite of our disobedience. God has a plan, a plan to introduce himself to every person in this world. You say, oh, but I don't know. Yeah. God has a plan. Man chose to reject and rebel against God. I just read it. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32. 18 through 20 says, They deny evidence of God's existence. Existence. They deny evidence of God's existence. Number two, they exchange not just I just this, this, this bothers me about truth. Look at it. they exchanged truth for a lie. They were not thankful. These people were vain in their thoughts. Not only did they exchange truth for a lie the hearts were darkened they worshiped the creation rather than the creator the hearts were darkened and then god gave them up look at me three times within these four few short verses Verse 24 to 32, 24, 26, and 28. Verse 24 of 1, Romans 1. Verse 26 of 1. Verse 28 of 1. God gave them up. I can't think of more powerful words, sad words, Two times he said God gave them up. Third time he said God gave them over. I don't know if you'll meet people this coming week. I don't know if there's people that, that, that you could say that God's given them up. Because God's mercy is extended. God's mercy is so great. But I'm afraid that there's some people that have committed so much gone so far away from God, become so hard-hearted and so rebellious that they've stooped themselves in sin that they know is wrong that the Bible doesn't say that God gave that person up. God gave them over. What happens to a man after God withdraws his gracious Restraining heart. I see people and hear people doing things that evidently God's just taking His hand off and said, "Go to it." There is a penalty to pay for wrongdoing. Now you might say, preacher, this is not a politically correct sermon. No, it's not. It's not one that you hear every day from the behind the, from people that's preaching from behind the pulpit. But it's true today what happens and then not only pride not only rebellion but pride listen at this pride and rebellion brings on confusion man without God is confused I was reading what one writer said he said he was confused confused Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 25 says, Here we see that sin and shame brings confusion in Jeremiah chapter 3. And this writer says, I am confused about some things that's going on in our nation today. And notice what he says. For instance, I am confused about this abortion issue. I don't understand it all. In the U.S., (coughs) you can be fined $5,000 dollars and imprisoned for up to a year for breaking an eagle's net, uh, eagle's egg. Wow. You can be imprisoned and fined for stealing a sea turtle egg. And yet our babies are being killed daily with little outcry. I don't understand that. Man's mind has got to be so far from God for this to happen in a nation today, it brings confusion. Babel means confused language. Isaiah forty-one talks about the molden image; it's caused confusion. Acts nineteen and twenty-nine talks about the whole city of Ephesians or Ephesus rather was in confusion. And then I want to read James three and, 9 and 16. Read it, read it with me. For there is envy and strife, there is confusion, and every evil work. Every evil work. So this is what we have. Mankind in a state of rebellion because of pride and a state of confusion. And that's what, listen, if I've ever seen confusion, you turn on your television and see what's happening in Washington, D.C., Politicians need to get saved. I'm telling you, they just really need to get saved. It is amazing. I'm not talking about all of them because I believe some of them are saved. But they need to get saved. Notice the last one, and I'll finish with this one. Roman numeral number three. You you can't finish this message without looking at Romans numeral. The day of Pentecost. This study isn't complete Without coming or rather comparing Acts chapter two. The apostles preached and every man heard it in their own language, and we find it in Acts chapter two verses five through eleven. Read it with me. And there were dwelling now most of you know this. Acts chapter two is where they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fell, they began to speak in tongues, and there was a crowd that gathered around, listen at what Luke says that happened at that particular time and there were there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews devout men from every nation under heaven how many nation every nation under heaven verse 6 and when this sound the 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 the, the wind and the fire and the speaking in tongues <clears throat> and when this sound occurred the multitude came together and were were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Now, he's going to name them. And if you study this, at the Tower of Babel, where they were scattered, it lists the countries that they went to. They were scattered and went to these countries. Did you know that these countries are mentioned right here in the same place? Uh, Way that it was mentioned in Genesis chapter eleven. Notice what it says. Then they were all amazed and marvelled, saying one to another, "Look, are not these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own language, in which we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius." Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya, adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Proselytes was that time where converts from Gentiles' religion to Judaism. And proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own language. What were they speaking? The wonderful works of God, the wonderful works of God, speaking in their own language. Now, I said last Sunday, would you bring me a tissue, please, Sister Carol? I said last Sunday that uh, when America was discovered, there were native Indians here. In fact, countries that they went to, there were, there were people already there. How did they get there? On a canoe across the waters? Not really. But there is a word called pangea. Pangaea is how God split Continents. There is an obscure passage in Genesis that is generally overlooked, but holds what I believe this writer to be great insight into our early world after the flood. Genesis chapter 10, verse 25, says it this way Two sons were born to Eber, one was named Peleg, because in his time the earth was divided. And there are many people that believe this passage describes a time when God supernaturally separated the continents, which at one time they say, and even uh, scientists say, that the whole world, that the whole land was one mass land. But it says God supernaturally separated the continents from one another. The Bible says that Pileg which means divide, was born 100 years after the flood and lived for 300, 239 years. This time frame for the continental split would therefore have been 100 years after the flood until 339 years after the flood. The division is said to have taken place during his lifetime, but doesn't say how long. Now, evolutionists, and scientists scientists say, say it took 95 million years for this to take place. For all the continents to split and there become other continents and islands. But I don't think it takes God 95 million years to do anything. He might. But it happened. Both creationists and evolutionists, Agree that there are, was originally one supercontinent called Pangaea. So, how did they get here? God scattered them from the Tower of Babel. They went out into the on the land, and then God separated the land, and there was the United States, there was Australia, and you name them. And people were on those places. I believe the Bible. I believe that's what happened. I don't know that. I wouldn't hang my life on it. But it sure, to me, makes a lot of sense. God Almighty knows how to deal with pride. God Almighty knows how to deal with rebellion. Listen, the Bible says rebellion is as the sin Of what? Witchcraft. And the people that are in rebellion today need to understand that. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And God knows how to deal with confusion. As they come to provide a song for us today, you may be sitting here and you may... Listen, as I said, the reason we preach is that we might change our life. We can walk away from this service and we say, well, the preacher preached a pretty good sermon. I enjoy the music, but is my life being touched? Am I experiencing change in my life? I want to change. And if there's one ounce of pride in my life, I want God to deal with it and take it away today. If there is any rebellion... Are you in rebellion? Does God speak to you and you simply say, no? Are you in rebellion to God's word? Are you in rebellion to the obedience to the Lord? Ask yourself. Be honest with yourself. Let's deal with areas in our life where we may need to be improved on and confused. Confused. It's easy to become confused if we allow it to happen. God, I've asked you for something. I've asked you for something. You haven't given it to me. God, I trusted you for this, but it didn't didn't come to pass. I don't understand my children. I don't understand our culture today. I'm confused. God does not want you to be in a state of confusion. I'll tell you what I want to do. Next week we have baptism. My brother Larry is conducting the service next Sunday. So the following Sunday, stay with me. The following Sunday, I want you to want to deal with these three words: pride, rebellion, and confusion but how do I deal with it? I'm struggling with pride. Pride keeps us from going to the altar and receiving from God. Pride keeps us from crying out to God. Pride keeps us from receiving those great things that He wants to give to us. Rebellion. We count these people that I read about in Romans chapter 1, but if you go on further down, listen, if you go further down, It talks about, listen to what it says. And even as they did not retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind and to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they all... They are whisperers, backbiters, biters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undeserving, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. I got a feeling that might have covered some of us sitting here today. Might have even covered some of the preacher, for the preacher. So I want God to touch my life today. Am I confused? I hope not. Are you confused today? Confused about God? Confused about the authority of God? Confused about the ministry, the work? Are we confused? No. Not if we trust him. I want to deal with those words. As I said, Brother Larry will be speaking next week. Besides, that that man, I, I appreciate Larry Smith. He retired and he's busier now than he was when he worked. You know, he went down east this week to help the devastation there. Or was it this week or last week? I think it was this week, whenever it was. And then the awful tragedy in South Carolina. They call him away from North Carolina. He goes over to South Carolina, prays with people, cries with them, loves them. He'll be ministering next week. Appreciate it. But the following week, I want to talk about pride, rebellion, confusion. Father, I thank you this morning for your blessings. I thank you this morning because I know, dear God, that you had spoken to our hearts. You've challenged us. Lord, if there is one ounce of pride in my life, would you search me, turn the searchlight of heaven over my soul that it might be revealed to me. If I fail to do something that you want me to do simply because of pride, if I fail to witness to someone, forgive me and help me to overcome that pride. Lord, if in any way I've rebelled against you, that I've been hard-hearted. I've closed my ears to your commandments. Help me, dear God, not to rebel. God, I come against the, the spirit of confusion. God, I come against it. Let not one person leave this place today, feel or have any area of confusion in their mind and in their life. Set them free today in Jesus' name. As they sing this song, I want you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed and let Jesus speak to you as they sing it. Now, Father, as we stand before you today, you know every heart. You even know the hair that's on our head. You know all about us. And Lord, search us today as we confess our sins. Of disobedience as we confess our prideful sin as we confess dear God that there have been times that we perhaps have rebelled against you and Lord we pray against the spirit of confusion we lay these before you today make us clean make us holy forgive us today may we no longer be in bondage to pride May we no longer be in bondage to rebellion. May we be no longer be in bondage to confusion, but of clarity and a sound mind and a loving heart. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Remain standing, if you will. We're about to go home in just a moment. But Sister Carol, would you come and Tell them what the Lord spoke to you. I feel like it's not just for me, but for others.
1: The first thing I'd like to say is from the sermon this morning, I want to encourage you that if you have someone you've been praying for and witnessing to, take the comments that pastor said about God is... He is the hound of heaven. He is after them. So all of us are going to relax and just believe God, keep telling them about Jesus, but the hound of heaven is on them. God will reveal himself to mankind, every person. You know, no one is out of God's reach. He will reveal himself. So my heart is just filled with joy knowing that. And this morning in my prayer time, I was uh, had my little devotion time going, and I was praying for Pastor Don. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said as thy days are so will thy strength be that is such a promise to us this morning but I can share that promise with you as your days are so shall your strength be and you know pastors are under chemotherapy and radiation and all kinds of things know. But God promised me this morning that as his days are, so will his strength be. Hallelujah. And it's very evident as he preaches the word and studies and his strength is there. God is doing what he said he would do and I want to thank him and praise him for it.
0: Step For I have not hid, God would say today, for I had not hid myself behind a tree. For I have not hid myself behind a star. God would say today to us, he has not hid himself behind anything, for he has revealed himself to mankind. He has shown forth himself through all of his creation. He has revealed himself, and he's made himself available through his word. He has revealed himself through and by the Holy Spirit that speaks to the conscience of man. He has revealed himself through the Son, the Son that he sent to this earth to die for mankind, to give his life for all the sins of the world. God is not hid. God is not aloof. God is revealed today. And he is just as revealed today as he was yesterday. He is just revealed today as he was last year. He is just revealed today as he was 2,000 years ago. He is just revealed today as he was 6,000 years ago. The God of heaven, the God of the universe, the God that makes things plain. The God that makes things simple. He sends forth his power. He sends forth his word. He sends it forth to mankind. Man has a choice. We have a choice. We either can accept it or reject it. We can either receive it or not receive it. It is our choice. And God has given it to us today. May we worship, lift our hands, and praise him that God has revealed himself in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord and lift up his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for speaking to our hearts through your word. We thank you for the revelation that you've revealed unto us that you have. And you are revealing yourself. God, I thank you for what this church is doing. I lift up the night of trunk and treat. That it will be a night of light and not darkness. I pray, God, that your word would go forth and that your kindness would be shown and that you would reveal yourself. Lord, you revealed yourself through a bush. You can certainly reveal yourself through a trunk. You can reveal yourself in many ways and for that we believe in God. We pray for those that plan for this great evening and we pray that the people in the community and neighbors and friends unsaved and saved the light will come and be part of the ministry we thank you Lord for those that are planning on going Lord to New Orleans we ask God that this will be a great revelation of your truth on the streets of this city and God may righteousness reign rather than immorality rather than wickedness may righteous reign in the streets of New Orleans we believe that We pray for our many, many missionaries around the world. We ask God that the word of God would go forth in the darkened areas and nooks and corners of this world that you would reveal yourself as they preach and teach and reveal and witness and tell their story. God, go forth. Go with us today. Keep your hand upon us. Protect us. We'll praise you in Christ's name. And everybody says, amen.